One of the good opportunities for being a priest here at Our Lady of Mount Carmel is getting to teach in the schools from time to time here at Our Lady. I always learn something new about the students and usually typically something new about myself as well. This past week I was kind of teaching about what it means to have a vocation, what it means to have one, what it means in a sense the word itself. As part of that, of course, you like to share your own vocation story. So at one point I was kind of talking about how I went from like an average, below average student to a decent one in high school. And so I asked the question like, well, how did I get from here to there? How did I go from being average to slightly decent? And of course, some of the answers are thrown out are typical, you know, working hard, asking for help. Then one of them got thrown out, which was, well, you cheated. Well, in a sense, that is a possibility. Fortunately, I was able to at least point out that, in my case, that wasn't the case. I'm not saying I never thought about it, especially at that age when there's pressure and you're struggling, that temptation to cheat is a real thing. But I also try to point out that ultimately, yeah, if I cheated, I might have gotten good grades, but ultimately I would have not really succeeded in being a good student, let alone a good person. That a short-term action like that does not set you up for that future success. And that is exactly what Jesus Christ is trying to communicate to us today. That to achieve a temporary goal at the cost of one's eternal life is not a successful strategy. It does not lead to happiness here on earth long term, and it certainly doesn't lead to that lasting happiness that we're all seeking, the happiness that God has placed within our hearts in the very beginning of our lives here on earth. That's the reality. And yes, while we listen to this difficult gospel today, but it's also quite beautiful. Jesus' words are harsh, but you know, oftentimes seemingly contrarian. Yes, to cut off something, to live, that's better? No, that could be kind of confusing. As we know in this day and age with text messaging, what we read on the internet sometimes, that sometimes that subtle irony or sarcasm gets lost when you get a message like that. So it's probably helpful to kind of get back to the actual language itself. First of all, why does God use this kind of imagery of the neck, the feet, the hands, and the eye? Well, in a sense, this is referring to the different parts of the body that represent the different spheres of human work, human endeavor. The neck is that great symbol of life itself. To move to the hands, which represent our action here in this world. The feet, which refer to our conduct along a certain path, and of course, lastly, your eyes. Your eyes, as we say, the gateway to the soul, the capability to both perceive and judge the truth of things. That happens through our vision. If we're cutting off and throwing things away, in a sense, it's a metaphor. It's an expression that kind of deals with spiritual disease, spiritual gangrene, spiritual cancer. If these areas of our life become spiritually infected, then indeed, it probably would be better to cut them off, to exercise them, so we can actually survive to eternal life. And since Jesus, of course, is talking about those two levels of life, the natural life, the zoe, so to speak, or I should say the bios versus the zoe, the kind of deeper life that Jesus is calling towards, that, yes, we could sometimes prefer, preserve our physical life at the cost of something far greater, that eternal life that awaits us in the kingdom of heaven. But Jesus, of course, uses an interesting word that it is better well, is it really better to lose an eye? Well, the actual Greek word we're using and hearing today is kalon. And the more, I think, proper translation is beautiful. Sometimes it is beautiful to lose something 
in order to gain something greater, that to take off those parts of ourselves that ultimately don't lead to that happiness. It's far more beautiful to fail in a class nobly than to cheat and get a better grade if you actually learn something in the process and grow as a human person. It's better and far more beautiful to develop a real relationship that leads to happiness, especially with Jesus and his church, than to focus on something external. And since Jesus is kind of in a sense in this passage today talking about how he sees us, that when we look in kind of the mirror, both physically and spiritually, we might see something that's off a little bit about ourselves. But Jesus is trying to get closer and closer to the heart, closer to that spiritual heart. One scripture scholar once noted about this passage that the little ones, the poor ones, not just children, are always intent on the beauty of God's face, not their own. They have no time for that vanity of the mirror. If someone's truly captivated by beauty, they see beauty in the face of God, the face of the other. And it's that spiritual beauty that God's speaking to us today. In the great Vatican II document, Gaudium et Spes, it discusses how Jesus came among us, became a human person, in a sense, to fully reveal ourselves to ourselves, to finally point out who we are and who we're being made to be, to discover that real beauty, yes, physical beauty, but that internal beauty that truly transforms reality itself, that when we look and see that mirror, we're focusing on that spiritual mirror and see that Jesus is trying to, in a sense, reveal something about ourselves, and that's what makes us truly, truly beautiful in the eyes of God. In a sense, in today's reading, Jesus is saying that you are beautiful. We are beautiful. And we're beautiful if we're entering to life even with one eye. But if that one eye sees the goodness and truth in other people, that's worth preserving. And if that other eye is incapable of doing it, we need to work on that. If we have to lose a foot and might have to limp and be maimed in order to have that great distance to serve others rather than ourselves, that's beautiful. If our, one of our hands isn't going to help us in terms of reaching out to the poor and vulnerable in our own lives and the lives of other people, that's a beautiful thing to sacrifice that hand if it means a chance for heaven. The ability to fight for good and truth and beauty, that's the beautiful thing. In a sense, Christ is saying you're beautiful when you're wounded and you're a wounded soldier just like he was on the cross. The true beauty is found in this amazing sacrifice, this opening up of the self to others and to God. And that's what we get to participate today. It's not the bloody sacrifice that it was 2,000 years ago, but spiritually it still is. And if our hearts are wounded this week, this month, this year, then we find that in this truth here, the beautiful truth that God is truly with us, that God is with us all the time calling to us and speaking to us to heal the wounds in our hearts, even the wounds caused by sometimes the dearest members of our own families, even those within the church. The true beauty can be seen in the sacrifice, and the willingness to sacrifice even those parts, those most profound parts of ourselves that we want to hold on to. It's not always easy. And that's why God has given us the sacraments. He's given us our prayer lives. He's given us this parish and the people in it to support us, to pray for us, encourage us. He's continually present, especially in our Adoration Chapel, to be with us 24-7 if we need him, to be able to see who we really are and to see, yes, we are truly made in the image and likeness of God. That, that's the true beauty that we're trying to cultivate and build in our lives, in our relationships, in our parish. My brothers and sisters, every single one of us are little in the eyes of God. We're all the little ones here. 
We are truly his children. We have to also trust that he knows us better than ourselves, and he wants to see in us the great beauty that has been placed there by him. And that sometimes means avoiding and removing those things that, in a sense, stifle that beauty, that prevent that beauty from transforming us into his faithful and beautiful children, his beautiful followers. In the responsible psalm we heard sung very beautifully today, we have that part where it says, cleanse me from my unknown faults. That, yes, there are even parts of ourselves we don't fully understand that we need to be cleansed from. And that's something we're all striving for, not as individuals, but as a family. That's the great beauty of what brings us here today. So my hope and prayer that in our minds, hearts, and souls, that we truly, be, can, we truly can be cleansed from all of our sins, that we can truly worthily receive the body and blood of Christ to the best of our ability this day, that we allow that great, great, beautiful God, the God who sacrificed everything to be with us, to truly transform us, to allow, us, or allow ourselves to be truly revealed for the great children we're being called to be. As we leave this Mass today, we have a great opportunity to share this message, to share the message of God's beauty and love and truth with people who desperately need it. People who are crying out that, yes, to know that they are beloved children of God. So let's truly receive him to the best of our ability this day so we can go forth from here glorifying the Lord by our own lives of faith. Amen.